Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. If it was just yourself alone in a room in front of a mirror, and you were asked the question, am I successful? And you looked in the mirror, and you're not speaking because you can hear your own thoughts and your own words. And if that was to be broadcasted, what would be heard? Today's title, Been Gone a Long Time, But I Never Left. And to use some creative liberty, been gone a long time, under that would be the lies that too often we take the bait on, that I'm defined by what I do, or I need to achieve, or that somehow if I let someone else down or let myself down, then therefore my worth is less than. And then the other side of that is, but I never left. Well, how would we say that? Where does that confidence come from? Is that just a mantra that we say in a song, but I never left? So today I would hope to dive into that thought that I never left has weight that is secure and confident on the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and his name is Jesus Christ. In our context, one of the biggest um, out-of-context Bible verses is found in Philippians 4.13. And it says, I am able to do all things through him, being Jesus, who strengthens me. (laughs) So how we read that in America sometimes, and I know it's not one for one, and Not everyone reads it this way, but God wants to strengthen me and I can do all things. But if if I was really making the shirt, I think everything's in fine print other than through him. Cornerstone. Jesus. From a young age, we're conditioned to think that the season ahead is where success is. Many times subconscious and even conscious that got to get my kids into school. Good track, great motives. What do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you want to go after you graduate high school? What's your career? And to follow that train of thought, we find ourselves never in the season we're in. We're always in the season ahead. And there becomes this gap. Expectations. The gap. Go to college. Get a job. Start a family. And if we hit that, we sit in a way that we feel successful. But success can't save us. And what if this morning the whole goal of life is to learn how to be content? What if there is something in this season that can't be found in the commercial tabloids trying to get our attention and our affections to warp and distort the reason for the season? Emmanuel, that God is with me and within me when I put my faith into Jesus 
And don't get it twisted. If we're not in Jesus, he comes to rescue us, but we've got to let him in. We've got to accept his life through grace, by faith, and him alone, that he is able to rescue me. That I need to be saved means that we need to believe we need a savior. Because if I think that I can't save myself, well, that's the ultimate arrogance. And sin separates us from God, and then when Jesus steps in and we put our faith into him, we're born again, we're made brand new, but then we're restored to our original vocation, the mandate to work, be fruitful, multiply, but that gets twisted and warped into four steps for success or let's go to a seminar and by all means, let's achieve, let's dominate, let's take dominion and rule, but we're under King Jesus, but sometimes where the prophets are going to go forward and other times they're going to go backwards. This is why our faith has to be rooted in something that is beyond me and you, beyond in something we can see. So success, what I'm hoping to uh, dive into, is not something that we can outward say or, or outward have to put on the inside or even what is on the inside of what we would say outwardly, but it's in a person found in Jesus. So are we successful? Let's go back to Philippians 4. In the context that Paul writes this, he writes this in prison when he says, hey, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Where do we see that verse played out? On the football field, under people's eyes. And they're not going in saying, yeah, if I have to go to prison today, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. They're hoping to win the game. And by all means, go to play the game to win. But that is the tension. So let's go into this passage again. Verse 10, I rejoice in the Lord greatly because once again, you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need. For I have learned... Remember, in prison, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. To be real, when the pandemic hit and the lockdowns happened, I wasn't content in the circumstance I found myself. Fear, frustration, Critique. Where has leaders let us down? Where has government let us down? Is God letting us down? And all these thoughts can creep in. And we can say on a Sunday morning, hey, whatever circumstance I find myself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I want us to feel the gravity of what Paul says he learned. And he says this in verse 12, I know how to make do with little. And I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, this is so neat, because it's, it's not that we're trying to take on some I need a little mindset. I, I hope all of us have massive increase to do great kingdom work. But when we have a lot, or if we have a little, he says, I know how to make do in any of those situations. And in any and all circumstances, I have learned, and this is where I hope we lean in today. Think of this thought tied to success. I have learned the secret of being content. 
whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Think of the word content. It's not a word we use often in our society. And if we sat down for coffee, hey, how's life? Man, just content. If I'm sitting with you and you say that to me, I'm going to interpret that. You mean lazy? Is that what you mean? Are you not working hard, dude? I like to achieve. I like to accomplish. I like to see results. But this biblical word is so liberating. And there's a resource called Got Questions, and they use the definition of content as the state of being mentally or emotionally satisfied with things as they are. Emotionally or mentally, mentally satisfied with things as they are. Now, there is a component today, if you're here in a tough situation that is traumatic, um, if you find yourself in deep addiction or situations that you can't change that are not godlike, there is a component that you've you got to run from darkness or get healing. But there's this other side where to be content in any situation I find myself, how is that possible? Emmanuel, December, God's with me. See, in that cell, Paul's not alone. In those moments, you, you watch the song, you hear it, it's kind of, yeah, you know, here's all the stuff we accomplished in the last 10 years. That song's written from a place of insecurity, deep discouragement, feeling like I missed the mark. <laughs> Particularly, we said this, pro this project, we started fundraising, I believe, in 2013, maybe 12. We announced it right around that time. And every year, it was like, when's that coming out? When's that coming out? When's it coming out? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. When's it coming out? And then we had it done, and then the pandemic hit. And we're like, well, then we definitely, maybe we're not supposed to come out with it. But the whole point was maybe it's not the product but what was being produced inside of me and that comes with learning in the circumstances I'm in the beauty and the secret of being content. Notice it says it's not something that he had instantly when he realized he was forgiven. It's something he learned through his circumstances, this secret. Hey, I got a secret for you. Come here. God may be teaching you to be content. I know we want a good word that makes us feel good. Go take the world. Come on. But what if today, the situation you're in, the achievement or the lack of and the progress is not defined by us, but who we're with and who we put our faith in? So our fruit is an outward byproduct of what is happening on the inside. We are saved from good works by Jesus' good work, and we're saved for good works. So to, 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 do, to do something about it, but we're not earning salvation. So today is not a, 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 a kind of a cop-out to not be excellent. David was excellent. Daniel was excellent. 
David had highlights, had lowlights. Hebrews 11 is filled with a bunch of successful people, but the whole thing that holds the chapter together, together, the cohesiveness, is their faith. Their faith in what? God. That God saves. God is the one in charge. God is the one we're ruling under. And then let's be faithful to his faithfulness. So it's this response. So, you know, uh, hip-hop will tell us the locks had a famous song back in the day, which is older than some, right in the age range for others, and some uh, no clue. But the locks, a rap group, I think featuring Little Kim and DMX had a song, What Do We Need in Life? Money, Power, Respect. What do we need in life? Money, Power, Respect. What are they saying on the commercials? What do you need in life? Money, power, respect. Now, why would we have money? Why would we have power? Why would we have respect? Well, respect is a byproduct of serving people. Power is to be wielded in a way that under God, for God's glory, for the advancement of his kingdom. And money, money's amoral. You, look, look, if you have a lot of it and you're, and you're wicked before it, you get a lot of it, it just makes a lot more wickedness. If you're righteous and you get a lot more money and, and you're righteous before of it, it can, it can just make a lot more righteousness. But it can lead us astray. So today, just real quick, to talk about work, maybe money and territory, how we would think outwardly, let's think biblically to frame those things in the, under the banner of success. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Dominion, man, go dominate. We're called to work. Yes, but how we work... 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so cool because it says, so whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it all, everything to the glory of God. And how about Genesis 9? Well, after the flood, he tells, he tells Adam and Eve, and then we fast forward even after the flood, and it's going to be repopulated through Noah's family. It says, hey, 9, 1, be fruitful and multiply. So we are called to produce. But what gets warped in that is we somehow think our worth is in the results. Now, there's a lot of um, studies that correlate how much money we have with the stresses and pressure of life. If you can't pay your bills today, of course it's stressful. It's hard to be happy if you don't know where your next meal is coming from. But our joy is in the Lord, so let's go past that and let's frame how we would see money. Well, Paul writes to Timothy, great leadership lesson. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, you're going to notice this word content comes up again. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain, no matter what is happening in any situation. I'm okay with things as they are. Further, given it teeth, for we brought nothing into the world, sobering, and we can take nothing out of it. If we, had food, if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. This challenges me. Friends, confession. I want more than food and clothing. 
and I have a good dad who would love to bless me with things. But the other side is, as a good son, I already have got him. When we're working, we're working with our father. And then it gives us a warning. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, and many foolish, harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money, money isn't bad, it's the what? Love. Love of money is the root to all kinds, roots is, is a root of all kinds of evil. And by craving it, some have wandered even away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Provide? Absolutely. Be fruitful, multiply? Absolutely. But to get rich for the wrong reasons could be very dangerous. And then Proverbs 30, which isn't one that is, uh, verse 8 and 9, reading the second half of 8, it says, Give me neither poverty nor wealth. Feed me with the food I need. Otherwise, I might have too much and deny you saying, who's the Lord? Or I might have nothing and steal profaning the name of my God. Helping shape our view of success. This is debunking that if we have more money, we're successful. Or if I have little money, that I'm unsuccessful. And you could flip that example both ways. And to go back to 1 Timothy, in verse 11, it says, but you, we should lean in, followers of Jesus Christ today, man of God, flee from these things. Don't, don't love money. Don't love the material. Don't worship the creation. But pursue this inward kingdom, righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, endurance, and gentleness. I can't get that on Amazon Prime. <laughs> and we need safe outlets to, to, to deal with life. So how the rubber meets the road is, this isn't to belittle us and make us feel less than when we watch YouTube or we buy some product that we instantly have buyer's remorse. Anybody? I send back some things. I'm really grateful for the return policy because I don't have to go to the mall anymore, which I never liked. Shout out to all those that like the mall. But that just felt like Babylon. <laughs> and I'm ready to just, I, what is happening? This is, no way, no way. This is the best thought. And the, but you guys are going to remember the context we're in. I love being alive for such a time as this in the place we're in. This isn't to beat down America, but because our society is the one that is kind of most esteemed and consumerism and the footprint we take up from waste and just nonstop. And I just wonder in this season, are we believing the right truth or being led astray by the wrong lie? Because when you have Jesus, you already have more than enough. 
And then further on with money, jumping down to verse 17, it says, here's what we would do, thinking of in the context of following Jesus. Instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth. And this can get tricky. So as a pastor, I'm not sitting down with people and being like, yo, are you rich? And I want to make sure that, you know, you're not arrogant or setting your hope on the uncertainty of wealth. But hopefully through relationship, that would come out for both of us. Because in the context we're in, we're uh, globally, we're some of the rich, we're, we're richest people on the planet. And then in that sphere, we might be a sliver of a sliver of a sliver and then find ourselves in, in a 1%. But um, so in our context, yeah, you could be poor but still rich globally. Um, and, and God has contextualization, I believe, to care for that. But the other side is, is we're really rich, and, and if you're rich here, then how, how much more that, that this verse would apply? And it, says, and it says, instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, so to leverage this power and responsibility. We don't want power. We're using power for God. It says to be generous and willing to share. This isn't for us to look at people that have more, remember, being content, and say, yo, you got more. Why don't you share with us? No, let's not judge another person's journey, but also let's not get it twisted. Followers of Jesus, we have a charge with the resources, things we have, to be generous and willing to share, not storing up treasure for ourselves as a good foundation for the or storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age. So as what we do, it goes forward into a heavenly kingdom so that they may hold of what is truly life. This, this is tough. On the sabbatical this summer, we good? Somebody okay? Did somebody fall? Or just the thing fell? Somebody watching this online is like, what is happening? Team's on it, getting love and care. Um. Oh. When I think of the, t- the contrast for this verse, what is truly life, so when I'm giving and doing good works under the banner of Jesus for his glory, for the kingdom, my greatest reward will be later in eternity. In the sabbatical, when I was alone a little longer, I started feeling my flesh want to say, I want to see the reward more now. I want to see it now. To walk in faith is we're thinking generationally until the Lord returns. An idea I've always thought of is the Moses factor. You know, Moses leads, Moses has a tough gig. He, he, he signs, well... Great gig at the beginning because God's grace shows up to him mightily and he gets to lead. But then he's leading with so much resentment, discontentment, and frustration, right? And his gig gets harder. And he gets frustrated, hits the rock out of his own power, and he doesn't say to the rock and follow God's obedience that God was the strength providing for the journey. Because when we get a little discouraged, that's when we're most vulnerable to destroy. 
And it can look on the outside everybody else because the result is there. But only me and you really know when we're alone, by ourselves, how we define success, where we're at with our motives. And that takes time to get alone with God. So maybe Moses' margin's a little slim. (laughs) So much so that he wanted to die leading one time. He's overseeing all these cases. His father-in-law has to give him a pro tip and say, hey, you need to disperse to the team and just bring the tough cases to you. But Moses was going to lead God's people to the promised land, but he doesn't get to go. But I would hope, and this is what he does, trains up people to go, because he remembers it's bigger than him. It's not his kingdom. It's God's. And us thinking of everything we have, everything we've been given, we're stewarding as managers. What is true life? This one great big story that we get to be a part of. I need to be preached that all the time. To remind each other, like, hey, it's worth it. The work is worth it. So yes, work, work is good. So do good work. Take dominion, rule. Money, that's not success, but how to use money for God's glory. Amen. And then you could think, well, what about territory? I want some land, y'all. Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait. My lips are a little chap. We eagerly wait a savior. So my citizenship is dual. It's here, heaven in Lansing, 100%. Come on, take ownership. We should care about this planet the most. It's God's. But at the same time, mm, look at Matthew 8. Jesus functionally, some could say, he lives kind of homeless. A scribe approached to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Like, I'm in, Jesus. Where's the kingdom? Where's the territory? And he says, foxes have dens, birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Please get real estate and own and own the land and hopefully don't have to borrow, but but, wow, this is cool because it, tells me success is not even found in what I have. And following Jesus is even elusive, and it's past where I put my head down. And it is important where we put our head down. If you noticed, I, I feel this burden to make sure I always qualify so someone doesn't get it twisted. There's two truths. It's a spectrum, and, and there's only one way to get saved, but how it fleshes out. And in this room is somebody's grieving and another person's celebrating. So you have to process this, how it hits you. And here we find ourselves full circle back to Philippians 4, the secret of being content. I've learned the secret of being content. Has life shaped us in a way that we're, we're learning this secret? And may I submit today that success is it's content. It's contentment. And content to define it, and maybe some, one of the best one-liners I've heard is, content is focusing on what I have, tending to my land. Not, it must be nice. Look what they got. And discontent is just focusing on what I don't have. The craziest thing is 
biblically to be content. Food and clothes. Every single person in here looks fed. Some of us a little bit more. Dad bod's been on the attack lately for me. So setting this on. And everyone's got clothes. So my last example, and I want to call the worship team up. Well, what about the thief on the cross? It's, it's the, two, the two thieves, or the two criminals on the cro- next to Jesus on the cross, and there's the moment where one denies them, mocks them. Hey, man, if you're really the, who you say you are, get off here and demonstrate your power. And the other one says, whoa, 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 whoa. This man didn't do anything. Don't you fear God? And then he looks at him and says, remember me. And Jesus says, truly, you will be with me in paradise. Going all, using language all the way back to creation that we're with God, paradise. Eden, like paradise. Language that's all the way in Revelation, paradise. The thief on the cross, is it fair to say, as a kid, he had dreams? Maybe his parents around him said, you could go to school. Start a business. I don't think anyone sets out to be a criminal. But the goals they missed over time, right? Like they, they, they missed those goals over time. And then to be there, the amount of shame you would feel being sentenced for a crime you committed, but yet to be defending Jesus. What perspective? And not just saying it when we're in this nice facility that sometimes the heat isn't the way we want it. (laughs) You know? This keeps falling off my ears because I have the funny ears at the top, you know? I'm content with them. (laughs) But to be there in a setting that you're being crucified. So here we are. Success. Yes, it is contentment, but even how contentment is possible, that's something we learn. It's really ultimately Jesus. Galatians 3, 26, 29. For through faith, you are all sons of God in, in. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. To be a child of God, I am in Christ Jesus. For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, this is not to water down and not say there's not distinctives. No, this is to, un- to qualify what it means to truly be in Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Strips with success. Check this out. Heirs according to the promise. So when you leave this place and you go home and you're alone and you look in the mirror and you hear that question, am I successful? Putting your faith in Jesus, you can look in the mirror and confidently say, I'm an heir. 
I'm a child of God. Great is the one who lives in me, greater than the enemy who lives in the world. And then this gives weight to when we think of like a Psalm 23, that the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He saved me. He's leading me. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And the skeptic in me says, okay, whoever wrote that isn't going through any problems. No, this is David's life in a setting where there's not always green pastures. You got to go find it. It's trust in the shepherd. There's not always quiet waters. And then he says, in the presence of my enemy, you prepare a table for me. He's running for his life many times. And he's saying, no, I've learned the secret to be content. You guys, we, we need a new dose of this this season. So I don't get lost in the tabloids and what's happening on Christmas. Success is Jesus. So how this fleshes out for me after a long period of time, where these lyrics came from, I'll just use some of the lyrics that, that you heard in the song and you can go listen to later, but spent too long all about the width. Man, I want to achieve. The whole time it was really about the inch, who I'm with and who I am. The wifey's the metronome. Man, if you're married, you don't make any decision alone, friends. Two lives becoming one. My best work is behind the scenes. No one will ever see. And that's cool because I know this. God sees. Am I tempted to want others to see? Duh. Join the crowd. And if we all can't come, don't ask. What that means is we're in the people business. I don't want some prestigious invite that only I can come to. I mean, I would rather go slow than fast. It's about us as a people. I mean, I would rather read a book to a rook in a class. Get a tray, dream big. That's that fruit that will last. And that to me is that Moses factor where my best fruit, I might not ever see. It could be in my kids' kids or a kid that I just got to walk by and say hi and I may never know on this side. It's not easy, but the work is worth it. Reminding even our kids to tell them all this the people business, it's worth it. Feel the pressure and presence in the room, divine purpose, it's God. He causes me to lie down. Not our direction, it's only for our king. So at the end of the day, don't pray my will be done, teaching our kids. I pray that, I pray that they mind this later in life. I pray when they're thinking, what do I do? I don't know, dad said it's not our direction. Maybe that'll lead them to Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord, lean not to their understanding and all their ways acknowledge him. Sorry, is this too much Bible for today? I don't want to just do a song. Sometimes I get frustrated because it's like we believe in rhythms and the time constraints and the order. And we like, I recognize we all got a to-do list, but it'd be great to chop this up for the next three days together, you know? So do the work when you get home. Think about it. Carve out some time to spend with God. He's the one who sings. Where's our footprints? It's gone. It's referencing the, you know, the, famous poem. It's gone, just his. Good night, kids. Remember, our life is all for him. I write that in faith. I write that in faith. I don't know how God finds you today. There's probably two lists where you feel, I've been gone a long time. But I pray today you'd say, but I never left in the name of Jesus because God never left me. And wherever you're at and how he finds you, we want to close today 
with it being personal, you alone with God, what is success? Is it him? He loves you so much that in the moment you could be crying and laughing. And as he finds you, he loves you and he wants to lead you. But I pray today, our prayer would be, God, have it all. I've been broken up and strong and I've been broken in the moment. I've been faithful and I've been reckless and tall and I have crumbled in the same breath I have wrestled and I have trembled towards random she's my heart adrift and drifted home again plunged a blessing to have been desperate to find redemption and every time I turn
as a people today. That's our prayer, that you can have it all. It's all yours anyways. You give us the honor, the opportunity to give it back to you, which is such a beautiful relationship. God, for everybody in the room, in this season, I pray that it is a beautiful one. We'll remember our true love, the one, the great I am, who stepped into the darkness, that a son was born, the Savior of the world, Jesus. And we would remember him, and that we would relationships that we have in our life to be present that this would be an amazing December as we get ready for what you want to do is we're as a people committing to be still to start the new year God I pray where it's heavy be light in the room. I pray where it hurts, you would bring healing. I pray where there's discouragement, you'd bring a confidence. I pray where there's lack, there would be contentment. And I pray where there's much, there would not be the mirage that I've made it. Whatever circumstance we find ourselves in today, God, we submit and we surrender to you. We want to learn this secret more. Because we know if we have a lot or if we have a little, we can do all things through you, Jesus, who strengthens us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you, friend, for being here today. We'll be here next week. We're going to continue this series. Today was personal. We're going to now dive into the story of when Jesus shows up on the scene. And people could say, man, God's been gone a long time. No, no, no. We left him, but he never left. So he came and he sent Jesus to rescue us. And that'll be amazing when we dive into that and look at the time and stage that was set when Jesus came in. How Emmanuel even happened. How cool. So we hope to see you then, 10 a.m. and 11.30, all races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time, and we're not going to stop until he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all.
Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.